raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest in the DriveHubler.com hotline. Richard Essex is an award-winning investigative journalist for our news partners over at Wish TV 8. Richard, you've been covering this Delphi murder story for a long time. Yesterday was a pretty big day. A lot of documents were yeah. uncovered. For those who didn't get a chance to pay attention yesterday, what did we learn? Well, we have hundreds of pages of documents, that, and we're still still going through them. But the big thing that we found out that Ab, how Abby and Libby were murdered, that was the first time that we had where investigators have written documents that these girls died at the hands of a sharp object. And going through the probable cause or in some of the search warrant information that was released yesterday, they took 20 knives out of Richard Allen's house, plus the gun that he had. So there's um, starting to piecing things together. It's starting to look more and more like Mr. Allen had a, a, a hand in, in their murders. Well, I thought beyond that were the transcripts of the phone calls that Richard Allen yeah. uh, made to his wife. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, those were those were pretty alarming to read, uh, and I, I was reading through those again this morning. Where you know he admits five or six times to his mother and to his wife that he committed these murders, and it, they must have been to the point where it was shocking for his wife to hear because she she abruptly ended one of those conversations just um, you know when they were having that and. Something else that I found interesting this morning is that every single one of these re, uh, these conversations were recorded, and I, I didn't know that that the uh, Department of Corrections recorded every single one of these conversations. So that's going to—I suspect that the prosecution is going to make hay with with those recordings. What do you think the defense is going to do? Probably try well, to get I them suppressed. I think they're going to challenge that. They, I think they're going to. They're going to say that you know he's not his right mind, which you know they're they're laying the groundwork yes. for that now. Yep. That, you know his mental health, his physical health has deteriorated, and when you look at him from when he was first arrested last October to when he appeared in court just a couple of weeks ago, it's a remarkably different person. And when when he was leaving court a couple of weeks ago, when we were up there earlier in the month, he walked past his wife, and I was sitting right behind his wife. And he walked past her. And he kind of stopped, and he looked at her, but he didn't look at her like, "Hey, how are you?" It's, I can't believe it's you, or you know, I'm okay. It was just this really blank stare. And then as she, as he kept coming through, he gave me the very same look. It kind, it kind of frightened me. And the other reporters that wow. were sitting around me, like, "Why is he looking at you that way?" And but so the guy has absolutely changed. I don't know if it's an act or if he, or if or what but there's no question there the lights are the lights are on but i don't think there's anybody home right now richard how is he being treated in jail i know you had a story on wish tv about some letters that have been coming in well i i think westville which historically has been a pretty rough prison in the first place it's 
I always knew it as the prison where um, the psychiatric prison for the for um, for criminals, and it's never been an easy place. I I have family that live up there. I remember driving by that place, um, and it just looks it looks medieval. So it, it sounds to me like he's had a pretty rough go. They put him in isolation. It's kind of way back in the property. There's a handful of people there, and there's a letter that one of his fellow inmates had sent to the court where some of the officers had been calling him a kid killer and he's been threatened by other inmates inmates telling him to to kill himself as other inmates are telling him they're going to kill him so it's not that he deserves to have a an easy go with things but it sounds like it's rougher than in most places Richard Essex, Wish TV News, investigative journalist covering Delphi, and one of the okay. So these these documents that were unsealed yesterday, you said there's hundreds of pages. I, I'm assuming I haven't heard anything about DNA evidence. I haven't heard anything about the actual murder weapon. I haven't heard anything about you know was there blood on any of Richard Allen's clothing? Does it say anything? About no, there there's mention that he was spotted on the Monon High Bridge trail with muddy and bloody clothes on, and that's that's in the probable cause. One thing that I found interesting is you remember when when this first kind of started breaking, um, there was a picture of a younger guy, where and there's no mention of a younger person. It's like we just lost like three, four years of this investigation, yeah. and they jump right to Richard Allen. Now, maybe that's in documents that haven't been released, or maybe they don't find those relevant, but I don't hear any, I don't see any mention of this younger guy. And the conversation that Allen had with the conservation officer in 2017, and then Allen come, and his wife come back for another interview with police, and he remembers all the same details. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I can't remember what I did in 2017 on February 13th to the detail that he remembers them by. So uh, that it's those kind of things that started starting to make me think that, you know, this guy's probably he he may really be the guy. Um, You know, you try not to develop a a a bias, so to speak, in the in these cases. But we've been following this for years and I wasn't convinced when they when they arrest him that he was the guy. But now as you start reading some of this like hey, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that saw him at the same place and he remembers some things years after years have gone by, he's telling the same story. So it had to have been a significant time in his life. And Richard, now we turn our attention to the trial, which is slated to begin early next year. I think a lot of people are wondering about this search warrant, because it feels like the defensive strategy here is going to say that you're going to have to get rid of all of this evidence because the search warrant was bogus. For a long time, we had just heard that an unspent round traced back to Richard Allen's house was supposed to be like, for lack of a better choice of words, a smoking gun here. But it sounds like in these documents released yesterday, there's a lot more to the search warrant than just that one piece of ammunition. 
Yeah, there is. And, and, and honestly, I'm just getting – I'm only about a third of the way through that search warrant. I've been reading the probable cause over and over this morning. But one thing that I have been hearing is that you've got this ballistics information for an unspent round, and you're going to bring that into a court where it was determined that these girls died at the hands of, of, of a sharp object, you know, probably a knife. And you're going to introduce a – ballistics evidence for a gun that wasn't used in the murder. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be a challenge to that. Where can we get more information, Richard? Wish TV, 5 o'clock, wishtv.com all day long. And I know as we go through these documents, we're putting them online because not everything needs to be put up there. There's some of this stuff is is procedural and is just duplicated. So we're, we're putting all of the relevant I think we, we actually have everything up there right now. But as we go through more and more, we'll have it up there. Richard Essex, award-winning investigative journalist for Wish TV. Richard, you're the best. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.